You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Go again. <laughs> Welcome to episode six of a Life in Ruins podcast. I'm your host, Carlton, followed by my co-host, David Howe and Connor Jonananananananan. Today's episode is different from previous formats. Today, we don't actually have a guest interview. Today, the three hosts, us three, will be talking about um, our summers of a life in ruins. So a little different format today, but, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, for our listeners before, the past three episodes that we have uh, recorded were actually all recorded in May because the three of us had some pretty busy summers. Um, so, yeah, guys, how was how did everything go? David, like, how was your summer? I mean, you know, full of uh, full of curational excitement. Uh, had a surgery. I uh, pet my dog once or twice. Um, I went all over the country a few times. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. How about you, Connor? Oh, it was, you know, the, the normal, I bought a house, gave my life over to a bank and did some field work down in Durango. So a lot of sitting in the office though, a lot of looking at maps, playing with Esri and hating Esri, you know, just what is Esri? Just, Esri is Satan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are the company that runs ArcGIS, which is like the most popular um, form of GIS, which is Geographic Information Systems. So it's a it's a, a product that helps people map and do cool stuff. But they're Satan. Don't 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 send us a cease and desist. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, so hold on, David. You had surgery. Um, yeah, I had surgery. I had a, uh, well, I, I couldn't breathe correctly out of my nose my whole life. And my doctor was like, well, you've got a deviated septum. And I was like, well, I, I got to get, I got to get that fixed then. And I got it fixed. And now I can breathe way better when I sleep. And just all throughout the day. It's, it's great. Um, yeah. What and then was that? We had, um, as my alter ego, Gabriel Slovak. Um, <laughs> if anyone has gotten the prank call from Gabriel Slovak back in the day, that was probably. Dude, you're, um, you're anyway. giving away your secrets here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. What is, what is, you um, can't give away your pseudo name. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Chris Rowe started at my job as uh, our assistant manager. Um, he's a um, you know fellow Wyomingite, uh, a Wyoming student. Uh, it's been great. It's nice because we both had uh, Jody as our you know curation. I guess mentors. So if I leave, which I've left a lot this summer to go do different various things around the country, uh, I know Chris can just, you know, take it over um, when I'm gone and I come back. And if there was a fire, Chris put out the fire the exact way I would put out the fire. So that's nice. Uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. I have not heard the, Jody's oh. name in a long time. I completely forgot that she was at Wyoming for a brief second. Uh, Jody is the absolute coolest. So yeah, yeah. Now no, she works absolutely. with me too, which is which is interesting. It's funny Wait, how these net. Yeah, she works for Alpine. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, so it's like these. Oh. It's funny how these like CRM, you know, interwebs are. You know, it's like someone knows someone. That's I feel like that's the main reason I got my job is because I knew the guy who was hiring me. So yeah, knew the guy. Hey. Who was oh right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. We we were acquaintances, so huh. that makes that makes getting a job easier in CRM. Hot tip for you folks out there: networking. 
Yeah, Solid it's definitely, it. um, it's not <laughs> like, I mean, your resume really helps in archaeology, but knowing, you know, eight to 10 of the people that are going to be at the place where you work really helps too, which is kind of easy in archaeology, I guess, but. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of a small community. I mean, like, you know, where you study is where you study and you kind of know people real quick, get a name for yourself, especially all the conferences. So oh, absolutely. Any, do you have any like good stories this summer, David, from your museum curation stuff? And you, oh, you said you traveled see. across the country as well. Like, dude, I am so out of whatever happened <laughs> this summer. As a, as a FYI to everyone, Carlton has been gallivanting across Europe, con- conquering and, and, digging holes so he's we've been out of touch with him <laughs> yeah because we couldn't figure out how to do a group chat and instagram so we had to like message <laughs> each other individually and i was nine hours ahead and it was just a it was just a nightmare but Did you, you somehow like managed to facetime texts? me from the field and be like hey what's up <laughs> and Car- carlton's just talking to me from the ukraine with like people speaking ukrainian behind him and i'm in like my back office and he's like oh so and i was like oh hey man you know, just working. What are you doing? And some guys just yelling behind him with a show. <laughs> um, I was so desperate for for the English language that I was just. Oh, dude, I, dude, I, I was like facetiming my mom in the middle of the field. She's like, "Oh, hey, sweetie, how are you doing?" And I'm like, "Mom, I want to come home." Not really, but she <laughs> help me. Just to hear conversational American English is like it's like a euphoric feeling when you're in another country. You're like, "Oh man." <laughs> That's a, and, we'll, and we'll get we'll get to that whole my 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 eat pray love summer of archaeology. That's what the that's what the episode title should be like. Eat pray love summer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm officially giving it that. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> eat drink well, dig. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> Did you say dick or dig? Dig. I did not say dick. I said dig. Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and as also a caveat, I got back two days ago, and it, it, we were recording this four o'clock Mountain Standard Time, and my my brain thinks it's two a.m. in Ukraine right now, and I am just I am so exhausted that the walls are moving. Like it is it is hard to think, and there's smell just and colors. Whole, it's the smelling colors, just yeah, oh my god, and uh, yeah, and today was the first day of classes. So um, hold on, reeling this whole thing back in, um, David. Yeah, I've traveled all over, went to Tennessee a bunch, went to New York two or three times, I think three, two times. Uh, what else I do? Went to California at some point, went to Mexico at one point. Uh, it was a good time. Oh, shit, that's right. Okay, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I was, I was trying to, like, future, refresh my possible head. Was, future. Yeah, I was just, like, trying to refresh my head. I was like, what the fuck was he talking about when he was traveling <laughs> the country? And I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. yeah um, I got asked was New York even archaeology-related, or was just, like, visiting family back home? Uh, one could say. Okay, what what would you say it was? How was would visiting, you describe? Going- <laughs> was visiting uh, some friends. Oh, okay. Why was why was why did you make that awkward? I don't know. Keep all right. Next. It's like was it archaeology related? One could say it's like what, you, you should have said no. Dude, he works for the government now. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how he has to answer. Yeah, so. I just, you know, Instagram popularity is just taking me to, like, you know, the world. So I just get to go do things all over the place and I don't get to say what. Did I, 
Did I see that you? Um, oh shit! Okay, now okay, I, dude, I am fucking clueless as to what you were talking about, and I'm like connecting the dots as you're talking and being awkward about it. And I'm like, oh okay, yeah, now I now I get it, now I get it. So yeah, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm okay on a, right. on a segue. Um, <laughs> yeah, did I hear? Did I see that you uh, created your own clothing, David? Did you do some sewing? So, uh, yeah. That was also the most awkward goddamn question. <laughs> that was the worst segue ever. Just like, oh, I did oh, sew some prehistoric clothing with a bone needle and some bison hide. Uh, and so a you scraped yourself, pillow. right? Uh, sure. Yeah, I got okay. it from a, uh, you know, a, a, a trapper, you could say. A trapper that the dot. What, what would you say? Where are we going again? Are there are there even trappers in the 21st century? Like, <laughs> what, right, what, they're what all French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I got it from like a, a trading post website, and I got it, and I got some oh, okay. artificial oh, cool. sinew, and yeah, I got it. So I'm trying to do all that, like, you know educational stuff and getting into characters like Bob Ross and things like that. That was show. great. That those were the highlights of, in the, of the Instagram it was like seeing you to like to go that hard on ethnosynology, your Instagram post. And if any of our listeners who aren't already following should follow, but I'm pretty sure they all do. I take um, public education seriously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Connor, how was your summer? <laughs> uh, my summer was it's been good so far. A little, little hectic. Um, a lot of sitting, a lot of sitting in the basement. Um, my company uh, works in multiple states, so we have projects in Utah, Wyoming, Kansas, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas. All this, all this year. Um, so it's been a little chaotic. Um, you know, some transmission lines, some pipelines. Um, random other things like that. Um, I, I don't sp- go out in the field very often. Um, sometimes I do and gallivant out there by myself and make a fool of myself. And yeah, that's a, that's probably what my summer's been. Um, I've, I've got to do some drone work for some pretty cool sites um, down in Durango um, and using kind of the new age drones. Um, you can do some really cool photogram photogrammetry um to kind of take pictures of these pit houses that they've been excavating and finding just outrageous stuff outrageous stuff um like duck um duck effigies with like heads cut off um multiples of those um huge huge um kind of wait wait wait, um, wait 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 how do they know they're ducks if the heads are cut off it's shaped generally. I think it's. I think it's an like assumption a, so based it's, on. So it's shaped like a bird. So without the yeah. head, because the duck has the bill. So the the rest of the the bird looks like a bird, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what what else are they going to do? Like uh, geese? Uh, th- I don't. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> without the heads, without the heads, like, how do you know what kind of goddamn bird it is? This is this is coming secondhand news here, so I'm assuming it has to do with like uh, previous recordations of s- these things. Re- it's not just like previous findings. I, I never thought we'd be able to beat my consultative quote. Like, recordations. All right. <laughs> That's a word, dude. That's a word. No, it is not. No, it is not. Recordations. Yeah, previous recordings. I don't know. That's a word. Get out of here. Yeah, it's multiple, David, multiple. David, David, look it up. Look it up, David. I got this. Solve this. Fix this. Recordations. 
It's a this is just awkward stuff. Yeah. No, it plural. is not. Bull. Yeah. No, hold it. Yeah. Get out. I, I think that's a right. five minute on, silence our, our on you. Checking it out. Our fix is looking it up right now. <laughs> uh, we have like a fixer like Joe Rogan has. We don't. His name's Chris. He runs the API. Chris, where that at? Wait, wait, wait. Is he, is he here? Oh, no. I thought you were talking about Chris Rowe. I was like, why the fuck is Chris Rowe involved in our podcast again? Jesus. It's a word. And I, I, he, I call he had for his a minute. to be part of this goddamn podcast, and he declined. Um, it's it's uh, typically recordation, not recordations, but either way. My last yeah. name is Webster, so you have to listen to me. <laughs> straight out of the webster's mouth <laughs> okay sweet okay. that's a minute long mute for carlton so god damn it i'm just gonna hit my vape okay. Keep fine. <laughs> continuing on tobacco they've, they've, not 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 the devil's lettuce let me clarify like it is my jewel pods <laughs> okay okay back we found a lot of cool stuff and they've it's super interesting, and I got to fly a drone around a site uh, to create some really cool 3D photo, photogrammic, photogrammatic. Oh, my God. I'm out. I'm out, Carlton. You're unmuted. Words are hard. Was it a mallard? Was it a mallard instead of oh, a duck? Do you know the difference? I... I, how do you know it's a duck without the head? That's what I want to understand. <laughs> right. Every goddamn bird with feathers looks the same. Like, Jesus. We it's are the size. What is special about ducks? What, this is in the Southwest. How do you know it's not turkeys? Exactly. I don't know. I'm not yelling yeah. at you. I'm just like, I just so. You, I don't you know are yelling at me. I don't know why I'm so hung up about the goddamn birds. Oh, God. It's, uh, it's, uh. Oh. All right. Let's segue from the avian talk. Uh, we are nearing the end of the first session here. So I just wanted to say. That I recently, um, I should have planned this out before I started talking like I normally do. Uh, I, I subscribed Coffee. to the APN and donated, right? And I got uh, the choice of a couple stickers, and I got a sweet little letter from Chris, the runner of the, you know, ArcPodNet. He said, "You didn't you have just to become heard from. a member." But yeah, that was him. But I appreciate yeah. it. Don't quite have the stickers for your show yet, but we do have a pile of. I can't read cursive. Uh, hang on, let's back up. <laughs> Basically, he says, always keep up the great work. A Life in Ruins is one of the best shows on the APN. Thank you. If you guys uh, were to subscribe and donate to the APN, you can get choice of these cool stickers, T-shirts, coasters, all kinds of things like that. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I didn't get one of mine. I was irate at first, but then I read that nice little note, and I was like, oh, good time. Like, yeah, subscribe, donate, like $5 will do. And, and like leave us reviews on iTunes. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook. Right, Let just... us know what you guys want to hear as well. And yeah, that was an amazing note. And I'm, I'm going to donate. I need to donate. Yeah, I need I to donate too. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that right now. Over this over this break y'all are about to hear as we discuss yeah, more avian topics to try to sort this duckery out. This. <laughs> All right, guys. So with that, uh, we'll be back with segment two of episode six. Welcome back to episode six of a Life in Ruins podcast. On this section, we're going to talk about Carlton's uh, gallivanting around the world this summer, or mostly just Europe, Eastern Europe, uh, the Adriatic. There we go. So in the Black uh, Sea. Ukraine, Ukraine is, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, had a, the, I, had a, I had a summer. 
And he also, I'd like to say, uh, Connor just sent me pictures of the duck effigies. I thought he was talking about mounds. He's talking about pottery, and yeah, they're they're definitely ducks. Okay, so, there uh, you go. I, I Ukraine's on the Black Sea. The, the the Croatia is on the Adriatic. Is that correct? Yeah. So yeah, okay. a lot of things happen. One, yeah, can you give us the background? Like, where does this where does this come from? Okay, so I just wanted to get out of the United States. I want to go to Europe. I want to do field work. But so a lot of stuff happened. A, I defended my master's thesis and passed. So, you guys oh yeah, congrats, shit anymore <laughs> for not having my masters. R.I.P. That joke. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. R.I.P. The yeah. So passed that. Did that. I defended it in buckskins. Is a whole thing. Check out the Instagram. Passed it immediately after pe- defending my thesis. I drove to Lynchsite, Nebraska. Sorry, that took me way too long. Anyway, continue, continue, continue. <laughs> Carlton got his master's, guys. I'm trying to. All right. All right, I'll see myself out. Continue. <sighs> so it's a big step after... in your life. God, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately after defending my master's thesis, I got in the car and I drove to Lynch Site, Nebraska. So I TA'd for the CU Boulder and Augustana University Field School. Uh, my advisor, Dr. Doug Bamforth, was the professor from CU Boulder and Dr. Casey Carlson from Augustana was the professor from Augustana, of course. Doug is the advisor on my dissertation and Dr. Carlson is uh, one of the committee members. So I had to work with both my professors. Uh, there was another TA, Devin Pettigrew, who's my office mate. Uh, love Devin. It was us four, ran a site. There was like 20-something students. The site was what's called an initial coalescent variant site, circa AD. 1300. It is an ancestral Pawnee and Arikara site. It was a awesome, awesome field experience. What was really enlightening, the archaeology, we'll get into the archaeology, but um, Nebraska, basically the entire Missouri River, February, uh, tributes, tributary, 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 basically the the, the Missouri River, everything feeding the Missouri River over this past winter and spring, these people got hammered with precipitation. They had a really, really intense winter, froze the ground. There was ice and snow everywhere. And then in spring before the thaw hit, they got hammered with rain. The water had nowhere to go. And there was bridges down, roads down, towns were washed away. And no one in America heard about this because we had the goddamn shit going on with the border, the made up stuff in my mind going on in the border. And so there was millions of Americans that are still suffering. So at the site that we were at, the town that we stayed at, was in the floodplain, the site, because ancient Indians, or they're not ancient, but prehistoric peoples didn't put settlements on floodplains. They put them on bluffs overlooking it. That's one, you know, just calling that out there. They're a little bit more intelligent. We couldn't camp. We had to stay at a uh, old Catholic hospital that was turned into basically an Airbnb. So it was basically, it was, it was a summer camp. We called it camp field school because me and Devin had our own rooms. We're like camp counselors. We had all the kids, they had roommates, we had Wi-Fi. It was it was ridiculous. So the field school was great. We were there for four weeks. It wasn't a disaster. Uh, the Lynch site has some of the most uh, surveyed geophys in the United States. And so we were chasing a pit. We were chasing a house. And it turned out to be after three weeks of excavating and not finding a damn thing, we realized that the pits that we were looking for were super feral and like they actually got bladed off. So like the last week and a half, we basically put the students on um, excavations that we did the year before to finish out doing pits and stuff like that. It was actually pretty cool. Really amazing. Kids did excellent. Doug and Casey. Like 18 to 20. 
Yeah. So, well, we also have a couple others. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the children. Um, they uh, both Doug and Casey that they they had did the best job excavating that anyone else has seen. That for many other field schools, um, they did such a great job. I would like to take personal credit for it. Um, I came up with some like because because so Doug and KC would sit back and they would just be in control and they let me and Devin be in charge of the students. And uh, like I was just like drill sergeanting. I was just like walking in circles like a shark. I was like waiting for them to mess up so I can be like on them. I came up with some great catchphrases. I was like, hey, your walls are so sloped that uh, Sean White could win an Olympic gold medal off of them. Or, hey, that floor is so is so bumpy. It looks like a level from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. And a lot of kids are like, what's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4? Or another, my favorite though was like, Sophie, if you don't clean up these walls and if you go deeper, we're going to have to hire a team of Sherpas to lead us to the top so we can bring these down. So like that was, that was, and the kids were just terrified after a point because they didn't want me to come over and just like harass them or, uh, you know, just stuff like that. Be like, Hey, um, after lunch, we're going to have a come to Jesus talk about your unit. Just, you know, just me being ridiculous, but like they got really good because they didn't want to be, they didn't want to be harassed that way. So like they, they clean walls. The kids did great. Super proud of them. Um, yeah, they did. A, they did a good job. Um, that was fun. And uh, so we've mentioned it a couple times already, but I went to Europe for six and a half weeks. And the reason being is I had a conversation with Nathaniel Kitchell before I left Wyoming. Um, and he said, if you ever want to go do field work in Europe, you should talk to Dr. Marcel Kornfeld from the University of Wyoming. So I did. In January, I sent him an email. I was like, I want to work at a Plains Neolithic site in Europe. I wanted I wanted to go for to find a European analogy to what I do. I study the earliest plains farmers in Nebraska and Kansas. And you know, there's agriculture in Europe, so I was like I want to go work on a on on a Neolithic site, an early Neolithic site somewhere in Europe and stick, try to learn something new, either theoretically or or methodologically of how to can, how to do this work. So I got a couple hits and the Ukrainians said, "Hey, we'll take you." So I, looking back, this was the dumbest decision I've ever made in my life. I just booked a ticket to Ukraine. I booked a ticket out of Ukraine and that was it. And I was just like, we'll figure it out. So I left field school ended July 5th, July 6th. And I got on a plane to Ukraine, July 8th, never been outside of the Western hemisphere. And thankfully, like a month or two before going, the field director was like, hey, uh, we'll have someone meet you in Odessa. So I flew to Odessa. But it wasn't 20... even that. You, you had emailed them and said like a nice long paragraph about like, hey, I'm Carlton. What do I do? And like, you meet here now. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yes. So there, there was like months of conversation and I had no idea what was going on realistically. And, they, and their English wasn't that great. I mean, it was good. It was good. But it wasn't like. It was weird. We weren't talking on email. We were talking on like Facebook Messenger. And they're like, where will you be? And I'm just like, I will fly into Odessa. July, I'll be there. I left July 8th and then they're nine hours ahead. I get there like July 10th. It went forward in time. And um, <laughs> are you a time traveler? Is that what you're saying? I think, I think so. <laughs> and, uh, so, I, so I landed and 
this amazing woman by the name of Kudra, who is an archaeologist, picked me up from the airport, brought me to my hotel, and she like entertained me for the first three days. And then we got on a bus. Ukrainian buses are the scariest goddamn things on this planet because it's not a bus. It is a van where they basically weld seats in there as well as they have fold out camping chairs to fit more people in. There's no like bus station. It's just where the buses gather. And they basically there's signs on the bus that say where they're going. And you just talk to the bus drivers and they're like, it's it's like they, they tell you how much it costs to get places. I've, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I've never been to Europe before. I have never I've been to Mexico and Canada. Canada is like America light. And then and everywhere I went in Mexico was like, you know, basically American holiday. You know, like, like I've never really had a, I've never really had a foreign experience. And um, oh, and then so you I don't just know went what, right into the fucking Eastern Bloc. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I just went. I just left. I thought you'd been somewhere else before that. Like, no, no. You also, uh, you also had a, you might have had um, some issues with your passport. Is oh, that Jesus. what I? So a, co- a couple, a couple things happened. So as everyone knows who listens to this podcast, I have a jewel, and I, I didn't want to smoke cigarettes. As everyone so, knows, as everyone knows, after all the ridiculousness. So I bought like fifty. I had sixty pods that I was taking with me to Ukraine. <laughs> I get I, one of my layovers was in France, and they checked my backpack. They're like, "You can't have these," and they took. First off, a pack of four pods is twenty goddamn dollars. So I spent a couple hundred dollars to to feed my nicotine addiction in Eastern Europe. And those goddamn Parisians took my fucking jewel pods. I had four left and they weren't even like full pods. They were like the ones that I was like, oh, I'll smoke the rest of this later or whatever. Or vape the rest of this later. Oh, God. And yeah, there's issues <laughs> with my passport because like this is fucking ridiculous. So my passport expires in in November and some countries have a law that's like, if your passport expires within 90 days of your travel, we're not letting you in. It's like, what's the fucking point of having an expiration date? Like it's still clearly valid. So why do you fucking care? (laughs) And especially if it's a layover, like, cause they were like, Oh, well, Denmark and Croatia. It's like, I'm not staying in your fucking country. I'm literally getting on another fucking plane. Like, just let me through like Jesus H Christ. It was just, it was so aggravating to have to talk to these people and like, what is your purpose here? Like, what do you know your passport expires? And it's like, and secondly, I got that passport photo taken when I was 17 years old when I was a varsity athlete. I don't look like a varsity athlete anymore. Just at, just FYI, I have a beard. Your level of agitation is why they do this to you. I hope you know that. You're the reason we look bad. Rolling in with your backwards hat, puffing your jewel, being like, oh, bro, like I got to get to the Ukraine. It was was a nightmare. So I I get to Ukraine. It was fine. I get to the site. The first site. So the whole plan was I was going to meet this team of archaeologists from the university in Odessa and a place called Zavalya, which is in western Ukraine. It is a Neolithic site. Beautiful place. First off, oh, Ukrainian roads uh, have not been worked on since 1990. Um, that's like 99% positive that that's legit. So the fall um, of the union led to worse roads? Yeah, because there's no money to like update the roads. Beautiful country. It basically, what I noticed like when I was driving, I was like, this, I was like, this is Nebraska. I looked around, I was like, if, if there weren't, if it, it looked like Nebraska, it, it, the whole fucking country did. It was great. I loved it. That's, I love the plains. It was the plains. It was perfect. I show up. So the way the Ukrainian archaeology pretty much works is that archaeology is an anthropology. It's it's history. First year history students at university have to do a field practicum. 
they have to. So it's basically 18 and 19 year old, 17 and 18 year old um, Ukrainian history students have to go on expedition. Well, and like in the U.S., that's like um, that's like a later, like junior, senior year yeah, of college it's, it's, thing. It's usually it's later. A, so yeah, these are sure. kids. Um, I bought a tent while I was out there. First of all, the exchange rate was amazing. It was like 25 grieving for one American dollar. And it wasn't like the prices were inflated. Like it's not like you would still spend five, the equivalent of five American dollars on something. It was like food was like 30 to 80 grieving. So I was eating for like two or three bucks. I, I lived like a king. I loved it. <laughs> It was just lots, so cheap. So I, I show up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much vodka. I just, yeah. So we get to the site. I meet everybody, and everyone was like, "Why are you here?" I'm. I'm the pretty. Everyone told me I was the first Amer- American they've either known, and I it was sure the first American to come to work in archaeology in Ukraine. Like that was like a fact. I thought other people had come. They're like, no, you were the first American. And a lot of and, and Zaporizhia or Zavalia, they were like, yeah, you're you're the first foreigner to actually come here and work. Period. I don't know Ukrainian. That was also part of it. I don't know Ukrainian or Russian. I went to another country and I didn't know the language. There was so much I'd redo about this trip. Like thinking back, I was like, I'm just gonna have fun in Europe. How do you say hello? I, I um privyat in Russian. How do you and say yes? You. Diakuyu in Ukrainian. Yes is talk in Ukrainian. Talk, yeah. And da in Russian. <laughs> so you know the three. <laughs> so yeah, I know, I know, I know, I, I know yes, I got passable. Like, but a lot of them knew kind of knew English. Um, um it was it was an amazing experience there. Um it was an early Neolithic site. Like they are not even supposed to have it's called LBK, light banded pottery culture. They didn't even know that we're in Eastern Europe. So we were working on like the earliest and the most far eastern. LBK site in the world. It was an amazing experience. We had like at the times like 40 to archaeologists, it, kids. It was it was amazing. And I found some really cool stuff. I would highly check out my Instagram or the Life in Ruins because like, I posted a bunch of stuff there. The um, field director there, Mace, he's from Poland. Uh, basically, Ukrainian archaeology, they only have 400 archaeologists in the entire country. It is the largest country in, in Europe, which surprised me. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Only 400 professional archaeologists. And they really don't have funding for archaeology. So what happens is basically Germans and Poles show up with funding and they want to do their own projects and they basically pay Ukrainians to do it. And so they use Ukrainian professors to as assistants and they use Ukrainian crews and they pay the Ukrainian kids, the Ukrainian crews, four euros a day. Hmm. A day. That's interesting. So for they have them, like... And, and the kids oh. were like, oh, my God, this is so much money because it equivalent. It was like 120 grieving, 150 grieving. And the, the students loved it. They were like, oh, wow. And then Mache, who's awesome, was just like, yeah, my Pol- if I was to bring Polish archaeologists out here, they would want, you know, like 10 euros an hour. So and the kids did a good job. Like they're, it, it, what was crazy to me is that it was basically like going back to early 20th century archaeology. They're using all metal equipment, canvas tents canvas co- or metal cooking ware and they were using shovels like we were digging out this entire site with shovels and i'll post pictures on the instagram of like how big this site was and we were just digging it out it was great i loved it was it all local uh local so local kids going half, to the local half, university half, kind of thing ha- no half the crew was from odessa and half the crew was from zaporizhia okay um and that was that was so weird is that hold on, i want to make sure i got the towns right because i i'm so freaking horrible at remembering what everything was so 
Okay, so the site that I'm at now, the first one is Zavalia. I think I said that, and the next one is Zaporizhia. So Zavalia, half um, half the crew is from Zaporizhia, which is in eastern Ukraine. Half the crew is from Odessa. The ones from Zaporizhia spoke Russian, and the ones from Odessa pretty much spoke Ukrainian. And you, they're not like dialects; they're part of the same language family, and they're still different languages. But because they grow up in that country, they understand each. So like it was so hard for me to try to learn the language because they were talking two different languages. So they would talk with each other in two different languages and respond in their own language and they could understand. And it was a fucking nightmare to try to follow along. Because so like I Russian and Ukrainian and Polish. Yeah, and, it was, and I couldn't I couldn't pick out what was going on. Yeah. And it was I mean it was I love that site. It was really fun. Uh I guess Real quick, one of the coolest things they have is they have an initiation ceremony that dates back to 1903 from the first Ukrainian archaeologist. And so after your first two weeks of field work, you get inducted as a, and it's like, it's basically like a fraternity hazing ritual. I'd like just to deduct it into that. And they put me through it and I got a cool archaeology name and they really liked my presence. And my archaeology name is Chumak and it means um, traitor. And it's for like, I liked it. I thought it had meaning. It's like because you did like the, because they have a huge thing in Ukraine about the Chumak that they would, they were salt traders that would travel the globe trading oh, salt. Trader. And oh, trader. Yeah. I thought you said traders. trader. I was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Trader. T R A D E R. So it's like, basically like. They, is the Russian word for trader. And I was like, that's not it. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. It's Chumak. It's Chumak. And basically they're like, you've come such a far distance and you've taught us a lot because we, we you know, it was great. And it, it really meant a lot. I really, it was really cool to do all that and to go through that experience. The funniest thing before we take this next break is uh, when at the beginning of the ceremony, we were at this place called White Rock next to the site it overlooks the river. And uh, the, the legend is, is that they used to sacrifice virgins there in like 10,000 BC. Um, probably not true. But anyways, so the, the, before all this starts, basically the field director brings everyone out and basically people that are coming back for a second time. He does a speech about them, gives them something. And um, the entire time they're speaking to Ukrainian Russian, I'm just sitting there nodding my head, just like trying to follow along. And then at the end of this, this guy named Simon, who's a who's a grad student, like brings out brings out Leonidas and is like talking to Leonidas. And then Simon pulls out a knife, and I'm like, "Huh? Why is Simon pulling out a knife?" And he stabs Leonidas in the stomach, and I was like, visibly like, "Holy shit!" I just witnessed a fucking murder because like red started coming out, and Leonidas just fell, and everyone's just laughing. I'm fucking terrified because this whole conversation has happened in a language that I don't understand <laughs> or speak. And then he starts getting up, and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, "Fuck, am I next?" And it's like, no, he had like a he had a bag of tomato juice under his shirt. But even still, it was like an eight inch knife. Oh, like, that was on your Instagram. And yes. You just looked flabbergasted. I was like, what the fuck? Like, and that knife was was big. Like he could have gone straight through that bag and like killed him. I was, I was, I was so perturbed. I was like, holy shit. And then once I realized that it was like a, a prop thing, and I was just like, oh, dude, it, I had a heart attack. Well, well but, on that uh, note, it, there's um, a, yeah. Go ahead. I was, do you want to finish your story? No, 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 no. I got, I got a second part of it. So that's what okay. Yeah, we'll continue uh, the murder he wrote on the other side. So, peace. Welcome back to episode six of a Life in Ruins podcast. Uh, we're continuing our discussion with Carlton about his travels around Europe. So, Carlton, you you dug at multiple s- sites over uh, over the summer, right? Yes, I did, Connor. So while I was in uh, Zavalia. Um, the crew from Zaporizhia was like, hey, we have another expedition going on. We're going to leave July 28th. Um, would you like to come with us? And I was like, huh, that sounds like a good idea. So I talked to the field director and he's like, I don't know when this project's going to end. It might be August 5th. 
and that would have left me 10 days on my own to try to figure out because I was I was flying out of um, Odessa the 15th to go to Croatia. Um, so they offered me to go to uh, Zaporizhia and I was like, yeah, I'll go. Like, I'll go on another expedition. That sounds great. Um, so we left the 28th with the crew from uh, Zaporizhia. We went to Kiev for three days, the capital. I got to see a bunch of museums there. I did see some museums in Odessa as well. And I got basically a tour of Kiev. Uh, Simon, the guy that stabbed Leonidas, um, his parents live in Kiev. So we stayed at his parents' flat in Kiev and he showed me around the city. Um, they were very excited to have me try McDonald's in Ukraine. <laughs> it was great. I, I had a fun time. And then we took a train to um, Zaporizhia. And, uh, Zap- and in Zaporizhia, it is actually the home of the Cossacks. It is like the, it is like the cultural center of Cossacks, Cossacks, whatever. In Ukraine, so it has like a very significant national city to them. There is an island in Zaporizhia because it's right next to. Uh, it runs along a major river called Kordatsa um, uh, Island. It is a nature preserve, and that's where the site's at. And it was an early Bronze Age site. I don't do bronze archaeology, but it was like I get to do cool shit. There's burials there, so we show up and immediately um, we're with a new field director. His name is Oleg, and every it's uh, if you think circle archaeological circles in the U.S. are small, archaeological circles in Ukraine are extremely small. He didn't know English. He knew German. <laughs> I, and you're I took fluent two, in German, right? <laughs> I took two years of German in high school, and I got a C average. Um, that well, was fun. The didn't you take like a year of Russian in college I t- too? I took a semester of Russian, and the oh, only reason semester. I didn't fail was because I showed up every day, and my <laughs> professor was like, you tried your hardest, so I'm not going to fail you, although you have a 25 in the class. <laughs> and uh, so... I met a lot of good friends. I made some really good friends in um, Zavalia um, that I still talk to. Um, and basically the, the the culture there and the archaeological community is so small. The, the, the word spread across the country that there is an American archaeologist here to work. So I showed up to Zaporizhia and like he joined the Gulag willingly. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like they knew who I they knew who I was. And because they had all, all their friends were posting media, everyone was talking about me. Um, so I show up. Show up to like, the paparazzi. But at this site, it was different. It wasn't college students. It was high school students in the history program who were doing field work. So oh. now we're I'm like with 14, 13 to 16 year olds now. And then the, the guys that came with me from Zavalia. But like the community in, in Ukraine is amazing because a lot of people, they clearly don't go into the field, but they stay with their field directors throughout their life. And every summer they come back. So these camps are huge. And especially in Zaporizhia with Oleg, he is so loved. Not to say that Dmitry from Zavalia wasn't loved. He's fucking awesome. Oleg's older, has been around longer. We had like camp moms. We had like camp babushkas. It was like, it, it was like a, it was like a camp from the 19th century. I shit you not. Um, Cause there, it's canvas tents everywhere. And I got the fucking red carpet treatment. I got to sit at the chief's tent. I had meals brought to me. People were asking my opinion. I felt like an American liaison. And the entire time I'm in this country, I'm reading these books about the Zulu war from the Victorian era. 
And like my head, my ego just exploded, which everyone who knows me knows that that's the worst thing possible that my <laughs> ego grew even bigger because I'm sitting there. They're asking me questions about like how to do archaeology in American context. I'm being fed. And then like it was great, even though like, oh, like really, I know passable German. We could what talk. What does a war in Africa have to do with that scenario? I was it was I was just thinking about. <laughs> so, OK, bringing that into context, I was just thinking like Victorian era. Please do. Like, <laughs> being in a different country, like thinking of like colonial context not like i was out there to colonize but like american liaisons and like and just being like thinking thinking back to the age of exploration and that i'm like this solo american on my own in a different country where i don't speak the language it was uh-huh. it was just amazing i just felt like almost like darwin like like learning things it was just this awesome experience i got and everyone wanted to know my opinion i got to work on my own they gave me my own the site i got to show them how to do first off uh, at when I was leaving Zavalia, they, they you sat around the campfire and everyone says something nice about you, and they of course had to translate it for me. But I got names like God of Trowel and <laughs> the Machine, and I, and I know a lot of you are like the Machine. That sounds like the Burt Kishner thing, but they said I worked like a machine, so they were calling me the Machine. It was just I was fucking dying at the at the dualities between that um, because they don't do trowel excavation. They sometimes do, but their trowels aren't like our trowels. Like I have a four by six. Their trowels are like 10 by 10s. Like I, they're, they're basically shovels handheld. It's, it's nuts. So yeah, my ego leaving there was already massive. And then I show up to this site and I'm getting like my meals brought to me. I'm taking being on tours all over the all over the place because Oleg is a um, archaeologist out of the museum there, and he's so excited to have me and to like show me all this stuff. We're going to museums, I'm getting personal tours. Um, I go to this this coast this Cossack museum, and they had all this underwater archaeology. These boats there. And I'm, and I'm in there getting this tour and then the director shows up and then he doesn't know English, but he talks to Simon. Simon was my fucking boy this entire time. So Simon's listening to this. You're my fucking man. Um, he was like my person. Like he was my translator to everything and he made sure I was taken care of. He's great. I miss him. Um, he runs the new archaeology Instagram, which has been on our Instagram talking. He's like, hey, they want they want to give you a private tour of this museum. And I'm like, sweet. And so I'm getting this private tour of this museum and like how they're doing the underwater archaeology. And how they are keeping the wood intact. And I'm kind of like, why, why are they doing this? And then like they point, I ask them, I was like, how come you guys give me such of this tour? They point up and there's a banner with the American flag on it. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, the American consulate in Kiev funds all of this restoration. And I was like, oh, sweet. And it basically, the thing was, was like, your tax money is paying for this. So I figured I could give you a, a private tour. And I was like, all right, sweet, I guess, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really cool. I had a really fun experience. Um, we did some, you know, it was on this beautiful island. I was there for 10 days. Um, I met so many wonderful people out there and like just to talk about because they do historical archaeology in this context of finding the things and we as American anthropologists do it in the context of human behavior. It was a different different schools of thought. So they they let me excavate in an American way. And so like I was exposing the whole floor with the artifacts, taking photos where they just they they do 20 centimeter vertical levels. And if they find something, they leave it intact and they dig around it. So it looks like a bunch of columns rather than floors. And so we were, we were having these discussions of the difference between the two and like the different information you can get these things. So it was really amazing. And like, I, I didn't show up to be a dick. Like I literally did their way 
for the first two weeks first. And, and I just did it. I was like, I'm just having a fun time being here and learning. And then when they started asking me, like, how would you do this? That's when I would, I came up. So I didn't show up like you guys are so fucking backwards. Let's do it this way. Let's do it my way. I, I literally did it their way. And when they got comfortable and saw that I was like, not an idiot that they were asking me like, how, what are the differences? And then once they saw my work with the trowels, when it, it was, it, you know, they asked me to do more of it and then to show them, and they asked me to come back, both sites. Um, the first uh, archaeologist, um, Dimitri, and then the Polish director, Mace, threatened to break my le- legs. So I wouldn't go to um, Zaporizhia. And then I was in Zaporizhia. Oleg threatened. He kept asking for my passport. And uh, I was like, why, did, why does he want my passport? And he's like, oh, I'm going to throw it in the river so you can't leave. And I was just like, I, I want to go home. Um, That's never so, a good they, thing so to be asked. One thing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, they actually want me to come back. They they really want me to come back. And they said, you, we would like you to bring more Americans, like a team of five. Um, bring more Americans. We'll give you your own units. Come work with us. We really want you to come back. And while I was in Zaporizhia, I was asked to join um, the oldest non-government organization in Ukraine. And it's an archaeological organization called NASH. It is the new archaeological school. And I am now a research associate. Um with with uh, Ukrainian archaeology, because one thing I learned there, which broke my heart, is that other archaeologists from other countries they come and they basically just use the Ukrainians for their own benefit. But I came to collaborate. I wanted to make new relationships. I wanted to help. I wanted to help bring money to work with these guys because they're they're good archaeologists. You know, it's just the state of their country, and it just sucks. And then uh, after Zaporizhia, I went to Odessa for three days, met up with my friends who weren't able to go. Just got another private tour of a museum and I just had, I had an amazing time in Ukraine and I'm going to, I'm going to go back next summer. Um, that's the plan. I probably won't be there for four and a half weeks again. That was a long time <laughs> to be in a country where you don't understand what anyone is saying. You went um, to Croatia too, right at the end. I did. And that was, and then I won't go into Croatia, but um, at Hell Gap uh, last year where oh, I was right. a field director, I had a Croatian student um, Eddie Grabar, fucking love Eddie. He listens to our podcast. Eddie, what up? And uh, he wanted me to come to Croatia, and I told him I would. So when I was doing my stuff in Ukraine, I was like, "Hey, man, I'll come to Croatia." And he's like, "I am by field work in Cyprus, and then field work in Jerusalem." But August fifteenth, I will be back home. Come to me. And so August fifteenth, I flew to him, and he took me on a nine day tour of Ukraine or of Croatia. We went to all these museums. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I had such a fun time. It was like my own little vacation before I came home. Came home two days ago. We're recording this August 26th. I got home August 24th. <laughs> You're like 10, uh, 10 so monsters tired. in. <laughs> yeah, I, I were down in coffee. And today was my first day of class. So I was, I fell asleep in class today, hit my head on the desk and I was out to apologize profusely because I was like, my body thinks it's 10 o'clock. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, do you guys like just have questions? For, I know that was a lot for all of our listeners, but I mean, what questions yeah, cool do you guys story, have? Cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, there's like a huge, there's a, there's a legacy of, at the University of Wyoming with, with like Ukraine, Croatia. So there's kind of like a relationship that's been building for quite a bit of time. I know Dr. Jim Ahern has worked in Croatia, you know, on, on, you know, biological anthropology and more so. Yeah, he does um, uh, Neanderthal um, excavations in Croatia. Yeah. So that's, it's, a, it's cool. I mean, I know um, a lot of people at the University of Wyoming end up collaborating with these Eastern Europe folks. 
Yeah. So it's, it was, it's awesome I got, to keep it I got, going, I got calls man. Back. Yeah, I got calls back from uh, Croatia, Poland, and Ukraine. And the woman who is my point of contact, or the, the scientist, sorry, of my point of contact in Ukraine, I didn't even meet her. I'm not even sure the relationship that Marcel had with her. Hmm. Yeah, so she's the one that hooked me up with this. I never met her, and I people there didn't really know her. The Polish wanted me to spend like $30 a day just to join them, and I said, go fuck themselves. And I was originally going to go to Croatia at first, uh, but the project fell through. So I went to Ukraine and I'm so glad I did. I've sent pictures like they, they bought me a Ukrainian flag and they all wrote their signatures and well wishes on it. And that thing is full of signatures. And I like I miss them. And everyone has been talking to me there. I, I, I made some really good friends over there. I mean, shit, I got I don't even speak the language. And they asked me to join a research team and they want me to come back with more Americans. And uh, David, you're coming. Connor, I want you to come. Yeah, just, uh, um, tell my boss to give me two months off and I should be the go. I mean, I, I'm probably just going to go back for two weeks. Hey, man, I'll go to Poland. I'll go to Russia. I'll go to Ukraine. I'll go anywhere over there. We might be going to Moldova. We're still looking. I, I will keep this up. And then I've had people on our Instagram hit us up um, who follow us and like follow the ridiculous Instagram that I've posted on our podcast and stuff. Hit me up privately. Like, how how do I join? Like, how did you do this? So I'm, I'm taking applications. If you want to come, if you want to be part of uh, Carlton's Fab Five in Ukraine. <laughs> Uh, you you let me know, and you send me uh, you send me a resume, because I got I got to look good. I'm the I'm the trowel god. Like I have <laughs> I have expectations. I need my trowel demigods with me. He'll send you a pink bro tank and everything. You'll be oh, part dude, of the yeah, fat absolutely. Fire. Ooh yeah, my face will be on it. It's pink <laughs> with, with cyan blue lettering and trim. It we're gonna look hot. We're gonna look fresh. Have you seen my my dual wield trowel technique? Shut up. Oh. I, I've seen it. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I, I was, I, you were going to be like, no, I haven't. And I was going to be like, well, it's, you know, it's not efficient, but it's cool. And then you just shit on it anyway. All right. Next question. So uh, you said that um, I'm going to ask you just a chronology thing. So the first site you went to is Neolithic. Neolithic. Age. New Stone Age. That's what it means. New Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that basically means pottery is a thing. That is the introduction of pottery and agriculture. So you have the Paleolithic. And then you have the Neolithic. So basically you go from stone tools, hunter-gatherers, Neolithic is representative of agriculture and pottery. People are being sedentary. And then... um, Do you notice any similarities from, you know, kind of what you study to what you saw out there? Oh, dude, fuck yes. It was was crazy. We were looking at these pit houses and I'm like, these are fucking familiar. The pottery is more intricate. Uh, it's it's all you know it's it's the same shape pretty much the di- designs are different but like generally the shapes are pretty similar the the house the settlement patterns and the housing structures are extremely similar to what I look at the central plain tradition the only major difference is storage where the LBK cultures are have these giant square storage pits that have like cooked clay walls and floors where central plains tradition um, houses their pits are bell-shaped and they're they're circular around the the house. So subsistence strategies, settlement patterns, and material cultures rather similar. By the way, European lithic technology is bullshit. Those were the <laughs> ugliest fucking points I've ever seen. Yeah, in my they were life. like very like they had like a lot of weird blade tech. Like they just took the cheap route. Whereas like, that was cool, North and American that was one of the things. Like that was one own. of the things that the Ukrainians always talked to me about. It's like because well, I got all these private tours and museums and showing these collections, and I'm like looking at blade cores, and I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like, yeah, it's a blade core. I'm like, we don't have this technology in the Americas. I've only seen this in pictures and heard about it. 
So like yeah. just to go there and see a lot of this stuff, especially when I was in Croatia looking at Roman sites, even the same thing with uh, um, Odessa was a Greek colony to see like Greek artifacts when I was at the museums. It was amazing. I mean, David, you've been to Rome. I imagine you had the same impression being there. Yeah, it's nuts. There's just so much cool stuff um, everywhere. And it's just like it's not what we see here like in a basic yeah. shovel test, you know? Yeah. So it made them happy that I was very happy to see all this stuff. Yeah. Um, cause I, I did not, I didn't take it for granted. I mean, like you, some of those photos I took, like the first pottery I found out there, which ended up turning to be, that ended up turning out to be pottery that was non-local and actually from Romania. And it was earlier than it should have been for where we were for the time that we were looking at. First thing I found, and I'm just glowing with excitement. Uh, did you yeah, see man. other kind That's of tools awesome. out there? And do you have any radioactive? No, we didn't. Or? We didn't screen the dirt. We basically just dug it out. So anything small really wasn't found. So we didn't find a lot of flint. Okay. Um, so it's mostly just pottery and, um, uh, cow bones oh, is right. what we found. Um, cause they were pastoralists, um, these LBK sites. That was another major difference between CPT and LBK was, you know, they had domesticated cows. LBK, is that linear band keramic? Yes, it is. You're going to have to explain that to people because you're just tossing I, out lingo because you're so I damn cool. did earlier, but I will do it again. It is a archaeological culture in Europe that migrated out of Anatolia, I believe. So the Middle East into Europe. And what was cool was that this site in Ukraine looked exactly the same as LBK sites in Germany. Um, hmm, it was nuts. And and so there's there part of this Mace, the Polish guy, he was the director, but there is a overarching director who's in charge of this entire project through Southern and Eastern Europe, looking at LBK, who's funding all this out of Germany. I have his card here. Um, so he's asking Dr. like the bigger uh, questions about. Yeah. Dr. Thomas Sally, coolest guy. He loved me because I called him boss and like, yes, sir. No, sir. I was like, one. yeah, he, he loved me. Um, and he also wanted me to come back. So he's like kind of the dude who's funding all this. So he's in charge of all these LBK projects throughout the area. Of throughout basically Europe. So I met a lot of archaeologists. I had a I had an amazing summer. It was and and I, you know, a part of the summer was a lot of soul searching, just to like be on my own, to take care of myself, to go do something different. I forest gumped my way through Eastern and Southern Europe. I don't know how else to explain it. There should have been more planning involved. (laughs) There wasn't because I'm an idiot. And I kind of like the first week I was in Ukraine, there was a day I had like a mental breakdown, like a panic attack. I was like, holy shit, what did I get myself into? I was like, I'm literally in fucking Ukraine and I have no game plan for how I get back to Odessa. And I basically just like forest gumped my trip and just I just got opportunities presented to me and I just took them and it ended up working. I don't know if that was just a luck of the dice. And if I did that again, you'd find my you'd hear my body on uh, my story on CNN about American tourists found dead in a river. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) Uh, But I had the experience I want. I met some great friends, did some great archaeology, and I'm going back. If you guys want to come, you let me know. I'll go with Um, Yeah, you got to go, dude. Your your family's from Odessa. You got to got to go back to the homeland. All right. <laughs> and because this is, this uh, podcast okay. is called uh, a life in ruins, um, would you would you do it again? Would you live your summer in ruins like that again? Are you planning on it, Carlton? Absolutely. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, we're doing it. Um, so doing field Lynch Field School Part Two next summer, and then going back to Europe. I only spent four hundred dollars total in Ukraine for wow. four and a half weeks, so it's cheap. Come with me. We'll make it a trip. 
Sounds good. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I guess that wraps up our episode, and in eight to nine months, we'll find out if Carlton has any radioactive children. Uh, we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. <laughs> next month. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that, everybody. We are out for episode six. Thanks for listening to a Life in Ruins podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a Life in Ruins podcast. And you can also email us at a Life in Ruins podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. All right, boys, uh, what do you call a phallic shaped boulder left over from a glacier? Oh, Jesus. I wasn't expecting anything of the sort. Hang on, let me uh, actually dude, think I don't about know. this one. I'm, a phallic shaped ex- ex- boulder coming out of an iceberg? Leftover oh, from a glacier. A, uh, Leftover from a glacier. Um, um, I'm actually excited to hear the answer for this one. Yeah, for like once. I'm actually like, this is, I'm, I'm ready. I, I'm actually stumped. Can you give me a hint? No, fuck you. Does it involve a duck? No, no, not. It's called an erotic. Oh. That was good. Oh, because of no, the glacier I like that. erratics. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah I, like it. I like it. No, that was good. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you, you okay. can stay. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> glacier erratics are, uh, glacial erratics are uh, objects that, like rocks that are usually left by moving glaciers that are like kind of anachronistic in their spot, like where they're, where they're left. That's what that joke was. That was good. That was a good joke. That was, <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks, David. This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.